Hey, it's Carolyn from Homesteading Family. Before we jump in today's pantry chat, I'd like to invite you to join me for a free four-part video series where I'm going to take you step-by-step through making high-quality dairy products in your very own kitchen. Don't worry, there's no cow required. (laughs) If you'd like to join me for the training, jump on over to homesteadingfamily.com forward slash podcast dash dairy. Hey you guys, it's Josh and Carolyn with Homesteading Family and welcome to this week's episode of the Pantry Chat Food for Thought. This week we're going to be looking back at the past year here on the Riverbend Homestead, looking at our successes, failures, and what we've accomplished this year. This week's episode of the Pantry Chat is brought to you by BCS Two-Wheel Tractors. Now, you may have already heard of the legendary versatility of BCS Two-Wheel Tractor for small farms and homesteads. We love ours here on Riverbend. It's the most efficient and time-saving choice for a small acreage. Building raised beds with a rotary plow attachment, mixing in soil amendments with the power harrow, and shredding cover crops in place with the flail mower. But a BCS two-wheel tractor is more than just a gardening tool. BCS powers more than 40 high-quality PTO-driven attachments, each with the power and performance of an all-gear drive transmission. Blow snow with the BCS's snow thrower. Chip and shred limbs and sticks with a chipper shredder. Clean up your property with a pressure washer. Haul up to 1,100 pounds, including yourself, with the ride-on utility tractor. And even spread compost over 30-inch beds with the spreader attachment. Yep, BCS is pretty much the Swiss army knife of power equipment for your homestead. Check out bcsamerica.com to see the full range of tractors and attachments and find your nearest BCS dealer today. That's bcsamerica.com. Well, hey, you guys, welcome to 2021. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And uh, we sincerely hope that 2021 is going to look a lot different than 2020. That can, was can we like, we year. need a cheers here's with a, our coffee. A, here's a toast to 2021 <laughs> being a better year. <laughs> hey, you know what? It has been a, it was a wild year. Yeah. Um, both in the world out there, I'm sure for many, many of you, it was for us here at Riverbend as well, along yes. with all the things going on in the world. And uh, we're going to cover some of that. We're going to start the year here with just looking back at uh, what happened with Homesteading Family here at Riverbend and some of the accomplishments, some of the failures, and uh, what we learned. And as we just lead into 2021 and what we're going to do next. Yes. And that, that's another story coming up <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah. 2021 planning. But uh, for now, before we dive into that, um, what's going on? How you how you doing and what's going on here at the start of the new year? Uh, well, you know, that week between Christmas and New Year's, we actually took pretty easy. Yeah. Yay! We did, yeah. That's really, really nice. Uh, we were able to pre-film the videos that were going to come out. So we didn't even film and we kind of put our feet up and relaxed a little and hung out, and uh, that feels good. That's a good way to end a year and begin a year, maybe. And, and hey, <laughs> thanks all to all of you that have been emailing in, concerned, wondering where we're at, what's going on. We really, really appreciate that. And you know, we just it's just the end of a big, big year, 
and we needed to just lower the slow down the pace, yeah. take it easy, <laughs> uh, spend some time with family and home and having a little fun besides the Christmas season playing in the snow and and uh, just getting refreshed and getting, getting ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I think today we were preparing for this today's pantry chat and we were writing out a list of the projects that we've gotten done oh, around here well, or what happened been working this year. on this year on the homestead. And I kind of had this thought of no wonder I'm tired. <laughs> like, I, we've, there's a lot has happened around here this year. And I think that kind of reflected by the end of December, you know, getting into December, we were starting to go, we, we need a break. <laughs> well, and I, I think, you know, that's on top of just the residual stress of the events. And I'm sure all of you yeah. relate with this. Whatever you've experienced, there has just been an underlying stress to this year. Yeah. Um, whether it's directly impacted you or impacted somebody you know. Um, where, wherever you're at on that journey, there's just no way, I don't think that any of us weren't impacted, weren't just feeling on whatever else was going on, just the weight of the events right. this year. Yeah. Um, and that, that was tiring. It was stressful and tiring. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's always good to be starting new. It's a new year. Starting fresh. <laughs> yeah. Getting excited. And um, yeah, there's a lot of looking, exciting things to come. Ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. What about you? What have you been up to? I think that's just about it. Yeah. Yeah. The same. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, it's been good. It's been good to slow down a little bit and thinking, you know, back on the year, thinking about what I'm looking forward to for 2021 yeah. and, um, you know, feel a little cautious about that. I think there's still a lot of events that are, you know, yeah. going to impact us there, but, but, uh, just gearing up for a positive year mm-hmm. and, um, and looking at, like you said, some of these things we've done is just amazing when I, when we wrote it all down, everything that's gone on here. Uh, in the midst of all of right. this, um, it I just I was like, wow, we did it. Yeah, exactly. No wonder we're tired. <laughs> hey, you know, one thing that we didn't put on this list that we did just do is the ice skating New Year's party. Yeah, that's yeah. becoming a tradition, second year here. Right? This is kind of new for us. While we've lived in Idaho for quite a no, few years seventh now, seven, yeah. seven years, yeah. um, I guess this is the first time living on this property here we've been here for this is our third winter going into our third winter winter. on this property about two and a half years here now that we have access to ponds like we do here and they freeze well they're getting frozen here's one of the benefits (laughs) we have ice (laughs) right here's one of the benefits of this location and you're going to hear us talk about a little bit in the gardens and the challenge of this location that we're learning this last couple years even after being in being here in idaho for seven years it's colder here it, on this yeah, particular that, property, that it's colder. Produces yeah. some challenges, but it also there's some benefits because our area, Idaho, it's not like you get to ice skate every year generally. Right. Uh, it comes and goes on the weather, unlike some other climates and farther north. But our spot, the ponds seem to be freezing very nicely by New Year's, and so that's definitely a real sweet spot and a fun spot. Kids love it; they just absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this year we had a really fun new element to it, which came from our son, uh-huh. who. Um, you know, hunted this year and got a buck while he was out hunting and he wanted to save an entire leg. Venison leg. Venison leg for roasting over a spit for the ice skating party. How cool was that? (laughs) That was pretty neat. It was pretty neat. Um, So anyways, a lot of fun, lots of friends and, you know, people. It was really fun. Yeah. All nicely outside. Yep. You know, social distanced and all. (laughs) On the ice. So... Right. (laughs) All right. So we got our questions. We got our question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Amanda Koch, I think, 
on uh, last year's 2019 year in review. So we're going back there a wow, little bit. Wow. Okay. But、um, Robin was digging through some questions for us, and this is just a fun one.、Yeah. I think you'll like this. Okay.、So、this takes us back a little bit. I was just thinking, even before you mentioned Dan. And、if you guys would ever get horses, also, how do you deal with the stumps after he takes away the logs? And this is in response to the horse logging、ah, yes. uh, that we started in 2019 and followed through with here in 2020. But and Dan was the horse. And Dan one of the was one of Lucas's horses. Yeah, yeah, and、uh, that was pulling logs、wow. out there. Yeah. So, but the big question here is if you guys would ever get horses, and there's actually a story、oh. behind that. You know, we—I don't know that we've ever talked about it, but horses are actually very much in our history. Yeah, I grew up riding horses. I grew up jumping and riding English and doing dressage and three-day eventing and all sorts of really fun things. So I loved horses and、uh, loved riding. And when my family moved out of the city, we moved up into the country, and so I switched to western and trail riding and Jim Cannas. And doing, you know, a lot of that sort of horseback riding instead. And I rode my entire childhood pretty much. Yeah, you sure did. And I rode a little off and on in my childhood, and then rode a lot in my twenties.、Uh, lived on a cattle ranch and actually took、right. care of the horses for about seven years.、Yeah. And rode western and rode cattle. And we actually. Started dating, riding horses. Riding horses, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a BLM Mustang that you were riding. I did. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. stayed around for a long time. Sweet old Sal. Good old she Sal. She wasn't always sweet. She was actually pretty fiery. Yeah, but I'll tell you, that horse would do anything. <laughs> she she was a we, good we, horse. We, we chased some cattle into some really tough places. She <laughs> was good for that.、Uh, yeah. So we dream of getting horses again, and we actually had horses at one point after we were、oh, married. Well, up until up until 2012, before we moved out of California,、mm -hmm. we had horses, and we actually had cat,、uh, larger cattle. We still have cattle.、Mm -hmm. We actually had a 600 acre lease, yeah, and、uh, managed a small herd of Hereford. Yeah. Cows and and you didn't get out there as much as you would have liked、no. to, but、uh, yeah, we got out and rode cows and yeah, and that was a fun season in life. Yeah, during that time. You know, the challenge is is that horses are really expensive. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't. I don't want to say they don't add to a homestead in terms of. Of course, they add a lot of heart and a lot of fun and enjoyment to a homestead, but they they aren't really part of the food. Production on a homestead, unless you need them for running cattle. Well, I was going to say it. It depends on、yeah. what you're doing. They can be very integral, you、yeah. know, for a lot of reasons, depending on your property. But our rule has been: as much as we love horses and have、yeah. ridden and have a lot of special moments in time riding、um, over the years, we've said you know the horses have to be able to pay for themselves. They're、yeah. they're a large expense, and so there was a season where we raised cattle. We were able to sell some beef. Provide for ourselves, and that actually paid for the horses,、yeah. and, and the kids got to start to ride. But we haven't been in that situation since we moved, and so there's a real economic value decision there that has to happen. Yeah. Now we've got a young lady in our house who would actually absolutely love to have horses. We've got a barn that we're slowly rehabbing that can handle that, and we've got <laughs> some cows. So. Papa's looking for the opportunity to justify horses again. We're, we're, we're trying, but you know, once you get one, then you need two, so two people can ride together. It's、yeah. kind of a slippery slope,、It's... which I am all for falling down personally. Oh, absolutely! But... <laughs> I, I would love to love to timing... take some evening rides with you again. <laughs> <Sound> nice. <laughs> the timing does have to be right. Okay,、yeah. we're kind of chatty. 
chatting well, that's today. Well, all right. So. That's good. It's, it's, uh, it's good to start the year just relaxed and having <laughs> a little bit of fun here. But you're right. We do need to dive in and uh, into a 2020 year in review. And what a year has, it has been from COVID to elections to riots to murder hornets. Yeah, remember those. That was those a big are story like a thing time. of the past at this point. Wildfires, hurricanes. Yeah. Uh, man, it has just been a crazy year. And on top of that, as we were making our list and looking at what we did, and we just, it just it was mind blowing, head spinning, everything that's gone on here from finishing mom and dad's house and them moving on to the property, yes. uh, which is huge, to uh, my nephew coming to live with us. Yeah. 92-year-old Grandma Jeannie, who you all are probably familiar with, it, with if you've been with us for a while, came to live with us. So, so we've had four new people uh, move in on the property this year. Oh, with course. mom and dad. Yeah, 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 mom and dad. <laughs> like, I'm missing two. So, <laughs> who mom, did I forget mom about? Mom and dad are seasonal, but still, yeah. that's a large that's a large event. And, yeah. and it's great. I mean, you know, those things, they have their challenges, but it's been great. Right. And uh, from, from all of that, and stuff we'll cover here to uh, rehabbing different areas of the property, to an addition, to um, new processes, and to some successes and failures, and, and things new, and, and things tried and true yeah. that haven't gone well. Yeah. And so it's been a really, really uh, exciting, big year. Challenging, too. It, it has been. Yeah. It's been very good. And, you know, we actually have spent a lot of December planning next year. So we're trying to get our planning a little bit earlier in the year. But I know for a lot of people, planning season really starts in January. That's, you know, we're past mm-hmm. the holidays. We're kind of into a quieter time of year. It's a good time to reflect on the past year oh. and to plan ahead. And so, you know, we really encourage you guys to be um, thinking about the coming year and things that you need to do or you want to do or needs to be done differently. And really the best place to start on that is to look back in the past year and see, you know, what did you do well? What are you happy with? What were your successes? But also what were your you know, failures or things that you feel like you need to improve mm-hmm. or do differently. And um, so that's what today is about for us is just looking back and saying, you know, where do we need to improve? Where did we do good enough? Where do we need to like come up with a whole different answer altogether? Sure. Yeah. And um, so it's helpful to look back. And I'll tell you what. It makes me feel good about my energy levels. When I see this list, I know I already said that, you know, wow, no wonder I'm tired. But you see, a lot really did happen in 2020, even with everything else. So just looking back already, I don't know, makes me feel good about last year. <laughs> well, it does me too. And you know what, not just on the tired side, you go, yeah, okay, no wonder we're ready for a break. Right. No wonder we're ready to slow down. But on the other side, you look at what we did and all that was accomplished. And that's also very fueling and very exciting. Um, and it's very encouraging to look at, at going forward. Yeah. So, but like you said, you know, history is a good educator. Looking right. back uh, helps us see what worked, what didn't work. Um, you know, excites us, shows us what to do, what not to do. And so, um, that's good. Let's let's dive in here. Okay, before we start, I forgot to say something that I've got to say to okay. you guys, which is, if you guys want to be part of the 2021 Sourdough Challenge, so we have it's coming up in just a couple it is weeks. Coming isn't it? up, yeah. and this is really excited. We have so many people that are excited about jumping in. We're all going to be doing sourdough. Uh, starting together and baking and with a really simple, really straightforward, practical method. Um, and to get the information on that, you need to jump onto the wait list for the Sourdough Challenge. Yep, and when we'll you're have a... on the wait list, I'm actually sharing recipes, videos, all sorts of things while you're on the wait list, too. So you're going to get all sorts of goodies there. 
check out the link in the description yep. or in the show notes and uh, make sure you click on over and get on that wait list. And, and just so people know, what kind of sourdough starters are you covering? Because it's sourdough starting, but mm-hmm. it's not just one kind of sourdough. So, so right. give people a little bit of information because I know when it comes to bread, you get a lot of different categories yes. of interest. Okay. I think you're covering a lot here. We are. We are going to be actually together doing a, I'm going to be demonstrating with a all-purpose white flour, a freshly home-milled wheat flour, um, a quinoa, so a gluten-free, mm-hmm. and a kamut, so that's an ancient wheat. So we're going to be doing all different starters. Different people are doing um, starters even outside of that range. Some people are doing rice starters. Some are doing other wheats. So there's a lot going on, but we're going to cover a wide range. So if you have special dietary needs, um, we're going to show you how to get that into a sourdough starter too. So wow. it's really exciting. So immersive. Yeah. Very, very, very cool. And, very I, and I know last year's just blew people away oh, and, yeah. and changed, um, you know, jumped ahead their their bread making Absolutely. journey their sourdough. It's a lot of fun when you're doing yeah. all together as a group and you've got hundreds and hundreds of yeah. people sharing successes and questions and you know, all together. And, so. and not just new people. There's there's some great, you know, your moderator oh, that's yeah. in there besides Carolyn. There's some other excellent bread people and yeah. artisans in there yes. joining in besides new people learning. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and yeah. there are people who are jumping in who did the challenge last year and they just want to do it again because it was so much fun. Yeah. It was such a fun experience. Cool. So, all right. So yeah. make sure and check okay. that out. Go sign up. Yeah. Okay. Back all to it. righty. So <laughs> where, where do we want to dive in here? Okay. Um, this is a big list. And there's a lot happening. We talked about finishing mom and dad's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we finished building their house. Josh did. And they got moved in. And gosh, they did a great job unpacking. (laughs) I'm always impressed when people move in and they actually unpack all the boxes. And they're, we still have boxes. I know it. Yeah. We have piles of boxes. (laughs) So anyway. Mostly books. We like books books. and we don't have a shelf. We don't have enough shelves yet. We're working on it. Okay. So yeah, we got them in and then... There was a lot of work that happened on the property this year, too. For those of you guys who don't know, this was our second full year on this property, and it has needed a lot of rehab, a lot of work, a lot of energy put into it to bring it back up to standard. Well, and we have a a vision for how we're approaching this. And in the first six years, we really want to tackle the larger projects that we can and just give it a good foundation. So there's a lot of infrastructure from dredging the pond, mm-hmm. um, pond 60 years old, and it was filled with silt, and we want a aquaculture and a fish culture in yeah. that. And so we had to clean that out. That, in turn, put, uh, you know, an acre's worth of nearly two feet of silt uh, across <laughs> the land that then had to be distributed, graded. Yeah. And so that turned into a pasture rehab, which, which is a very great. good one. Yeah, very, very good it one. It was needed. And uh, that's really exciting because not only has the pond been improved, mostly done. We've, we're still going to have some work to do, but the bulk of it got done. But an area that's going to be a future orchard, yeah. maybe a small commercial orchard, mm-hmm. um, along with an area to pasture chickens and pigs under the fruit trees, yep. um, just got, you know, over a foot of topsoil in that process. And so we went ahead and rehabbed the whole, about three acres of pasture in this area and reseeded that and uh, got that going. Mm -hmm. So that Mm -hmm. was really exciting. Yeah, that was really neat. Along with that, we actually, since we had the machinery out in that front pasture, Mm -hmm. we went ahead and made a terraced, would you say that? We terraced the front slope in front of the house. There's about a, I don't know what that is, about 12 foot high curved slope that has a great south 
and western, southwestern exposure. Yeah. It's one of the um, places that warms up the best, but it was totally unusable. It was steep. It was steep. It was like and Carolyn it was said, degrading. We're, yeah, we're well, it was degrading. In some, some areas, it's going to take a lot of work to get topsoil built back up there. We're yeah. going to have to have some good um, you know, seed planting regimes and whatnot to, to bring it up. But um, we turned a non-usable area about, you know, that's not a huge area. It's, it's a quarter acre or whatnot, but it's a quarter acre of what can be very prime growing area <laughs> um, into usable terraces. And yes. so that's going to go on next year's project. Really exciting um, what we're going to start to do that to extend your cottage garden, yeah. to bring some of the kitchen garden produce a little closer to the house yep. instead of up in the main crop uh, where we've got more access to it, can take better care of it. And of course, that extends our... Um, our growing area, which with the size of our family, we just need to keep doing. <laughs> <laughs> we just need bigger and bigger. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. So that was a huge, those, all of those elements together made for a huge project and really exciting progress. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, horse logging. Um, got some horse logging done. Yeah. That was exciting and fun. Everybody loved going out and seeing Lucas and uh, the horses out pulling logs. And we did a short video on that. So you can check that out. That was that was very cool. That was really neat to get done because we have a lot of acres in forest and some of it was overgrown at this point. Some of, and yeah. some of it needed to be opened up to help make some pasture area. And some of it just needed to be thinned a little for the health of the forest and the trees. And so it was really neat to be able to do that with that low impact horse logging, mm-hmm. not tear up the ground nearly as badly as you would if you brought all the machinery in. Right. And I mean, then it's just cool to have Lucas out there. You know, you look up and here goes the horse with the log there goes down Dan there. And the log. You're like, wow, that's kind of neat. That's out my window. So that was really, I don't know, kind of romantic. I don't know. It was fun. I it was. It. <laughs> well, and I, I'm excited. It opens up some areas. Most of it, we just did some thinning because we want to do some silvopasture and some grazing under those areas and encourage a little growth, encourage, you know, uh, the right trees in the area. And then some we're going to open up a little bit more because we do need more pasture mm-hmm. on this property. And we've got some areas that are pretty degraded and are just suited for good pasture. So we're slowly going to open that up. Uh, so we've got enough room to eventually get the cattle back because we, we have our dairy cow here, but we don't have all our beef cows. Here. Right. Yeah. And we've got to do fencing and uh, it's just some forage improvement where we yeah. can do that. Good. So, but that was great. That was a good one. Um, what else? Expanded the barn and barnyard. Yeah. Um, being in North Idaho, we get about six months of winter. Yeah. And we're very excited that the property had a large pole barn on it. And so we are um, slowly remodeling that for the animals and creating a yard because we do have to have those in close a good part of the year right. to feed. So um, that's just going to be a multi-year project. But we got a good start on that. Well, and this is one of those uh, areas that really needed rehabbing on the property. This was an existing pole barn, but... It had really been used pretty exclusively for storage. It was an oversized storage shed for, I think, 50 years, it looked like. Mm -hmm. You know, perfectly good structure. Very good structure. But then the trees, the the alder trees, had crept up on the backside. And so there was no uh, yard, Mm -hmm. barnyard, available anymore. And so that needed to all be done in the... um, the It's not pasture, but the paddock area Mm -hmm. outside of that needed to be reshaped. And um, this is going to give us such a better ability to house the animals. This it is, is just so exciting. You know, I've got a lesson learned here on this one, and this is relating to buying property for people. Okay. Because we <laughs> bought this barn, we we're very excited about it. And sometimes when you buy an old property, it's very easy to get excited about everything you see. But yeah. 
when it's an old property, there's things you don't see and don't know. <laughs> and one one got by us, and I, it wouldn't have stopped us from buying the property, but it ended up being very expensive. And that was the barn roof. I yes. knew it was older. I knew it had a few leaks in it. Mm-hmm. And so when we were building mom and dad's, we asked the roofer to come over and look at it. And I thought from when I bought it and then, you know, when we bought the property, I thought, okay, well, in a year or so, we'll, we'll get up there, fix those ourselves or, or get them fixed. Well, I asked the roofer to come look at it. And he got up there and the roof was rusted out completely. It was so rusted. It was not repairable. It was so old. And the way it had built, it held the moisture against it. Anyways, long story short, what I thought would be, you know, something myself and my sons could do or maybe the roofer could do for low expense ended up being a full barn roof replacement. Okay. And happy for the barn, happy to do it. But it was one of those things that was unexpected and I didn't get up on the roof and inspect. So just a a little bit of lesson learned when you're buying property with that, uh, you know, with infrastructure you want to know as much as you can what you're getting into. It doesn't mean you won't buy it, but those surprises aren't nice. It does give you a heads up. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we got an addition started as well. Started, yeah. definitely. It's a major step forward from where it, it is. Was. Yeah, and, uh, this is a lot of DIY, so it's going to take us a long time on this one. Yeah. But uh, it's going to give the kids a little bit more room. Yes. Yeah, and with our large growing family, we need that. It's going to give grandma a little bit more room. Grandma has been a great sport. The room she moved into, she's sharing the bathroom with 10 kids. Yeah. And, you know, at 92, we would love for her to have her own private space where she can feel like she can have her own bathroom, <laughs> not wait in line for it and everything else. Um, but, you know, she's she's been a great sport about it, really. So we're working on that. Well, and you've also been a great sport with the laundry room being down in the basement, doing laundry for 13 people. And it's in the basement down kind of at the far end. And that's challenging. So part of what we're going to do is, is get that laundry room up closer to the kitchen and in one of the existing rooms. Uh, I'm very excited yeah. about that. <laughs> and we're creating a home for all those books because one day, you know, there'll be a library. They'll come there. out of those boxes. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. good. All right, so cool. let's move on to the more homesteading thing. Uh-huh. Cool. So a big thing that you did this year was to really dial in the compost systems. Yeah. So. We, we have a large need for a lot of compost. Yeah, uh-huh. it needs to be done on a large level. And this, in 2020, was the first year we've ever produced all of our compost. Yeah. Um, now, we didn't have it in the spring, but for the fall and for next year, we've got it covered. Yeah. And that's through some of the barn systems we created and just using the wood shavings and uh, the animals, the pigs, the chickens, all to turn that over and, and help us out and add to it. And yeah, that we, we've got a great compost I, system developed. And I was joking with Tristan, we might be able to sell some next fall. Wow. Yeah. We, we, well, I, I think there should be a video come out of this. What do you think, guys? <laughs> you you got to give a vote down in the comments if you think there should be a video about Josh's compost system. He needs a little nudge to okay. do a video. <laughs> All right. we'll, get, we'll get that on the roll, on the roster. Yeah, that yeah. sounds but good. Th- that, that's huge. I'm very, very excited about that because we have a large need. Yeah. And, it's um, very good. Yep. Okay. Let's we see. We grew a huge amount of our root veggies this year. I think we've done the most root veggies we've ever done. Well, and we haven't had to buy any. Usually we do a few and then we buy some in from yeah. a local. We have a very good local producer, organic producer. Um, but we got enough in this year. We'll see if we get all the way through winter. It's yeah. probably not enough to get us through, but um, it's going to get us a lot farther than we have. Yeah. And that, that's a big step forward for us. So that's exciting yeah. because you guys have probably heard me say I love those root cellared things like root veggies because the preserving is so easy. 
Right. Now it does require part. maintenance on the other side, but um, you know it's just a, a much more efficient way of doing things if yeah. you can. <laughs> so I really like having that system increased. Um, what else? Let's see. Well, you know, just on the level of production, we raise and process a beef, four sheep, mm-hmm. or two pigs, and a hundred chickens. Yes. And a goose. And a goose. Yeah. Yet to be harvested, waiting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So that's good. All went into the larder and storage. Yes. And freezers. So very good. Yeah. Um, now, you limed more eggs than ever. And if you yes. know Carolyn's favorite method of egg preservation, and also if you haven't seen that video. Yeah. Uh, go check that one go out. Go check that one out. But uh, liming eggs. And yes. I think you even did a like one year review did you do that I think I did yeah I think I actually got to 18 months before I started losing the eggs that's that's whole raw eggs preserved without any refrigeration any other processing yeah and they were still good now I've got to say as soon as I started moving around that 18 month old bucket um they went bad really quickly after that so I think there's something to that the movement the movement getting in and out of it I'm not real sure what mm-hmm. happened there but it seemed like really quickly after I did an 18 month video and they were really good like they look like fresh eggs they, yeah. I was highly impressed by them but then like weeks after that I went to pull another one out and it was it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the rest of the bucket I mean, went, so. on, 18, months 18 months stored eggs yeah. you know that are still good to use um, you know, that that's right in there in line with our dry goods storage. It is. I mean, we're only trying to get a year out of most of our dry goods yeah. storage, all our bulk, you know, wheat and rice. And well, and the exciting and thing about it is it's actually really inexpensive to do. The lime is very inexpensive and you just need a bunch of buckets, you know, five, five gallon food grade buckets. Mm-hmm. And you've got your, you know, obviously you need the eggs. So assuming you have chickens and you're bringing in a large amount of eggs in the spring, when you have that egg glut, you know, you can really pack your pantry full <laughs> and get a lot of eggs sitting in storage. So it's really exciting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, let's see. We kind of mentioned that. We increased yeah. our dry goods storage yep. and just really felt the need this year to um, just really get dialed in some of our long-term food storage systems. Yeah. So that feels real good. And we did a little improvement even on our backup power and lighting Setups. Yes, yeah, we, we had did. an outage this year for seven days. Yes. I think it was. And, you know, we got through it fine, but we realized, you know, we don't want to be having to fuss around quite as much as we can. And we're not to the, we don't have the budget yet to do some of the larger improvements. Right. So we added a generator in and added some good backup lighting and a few things that will just make life a little bit easier. And it we... has because we've had a few subsequent power outages mm-hmm. and just the few little improvements that we've made yeah. made a big difference. In yeah. It, so. Hey, we did a DIY tunnel hoop house. We took one of the bean tunnels and turned it into a little greenhouse. Yes. And uh, learned some things. We'll probably talk about that in a minute. But that was a great accomplishment as well. Right. And I think in a better year, that would have gotten us a lot of tomatoes. This was a challenging year in the garden for temperature. We had a late, wet spring and we had an early freeze. And so... There wasn't a lot of time for tomatoes in between those, but I'll tell you what, those cucumbers and even the peppers did really well inside that hoop house. They really liked that. They really did. That was a big boost. Yeah. And um, so that kind of leads us right into maybe a few of the pros and cons, the challenges, okay. successes and failures. Successes and failures. Let's yeah. talk about the garden first. Okay. So what do you think some of our top successes were this last year? I think the root crops were one. That's okay. something you've been wanting to move on to yeah. and, and lessening the pressure on the pressure canning, right. some of the canning <laughs> activities. 
And so we did that. We, yes. we uh, put more ground to the root crops mm -hmm. and we've got a lot of room for improvement, but that, that was a big step up for us. Big we've step. got a lot more root crops uh, in the cellar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a big one. Okay. Yeah. Another one. Um, let's see. Uh, herbs. Yes, the herbs out in the cottage garden this year did amazingly well. They did really, really well. This is the second year of the cottage garden, and it just came to life. Now, maybe not so much the basil this year was such a cool year. That mm. wasn't very happy, but the perennial herbs just really shone this year. Yeah. They did a really good job. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah. All right. And you mentioned cucumbers. Cucumbers did great. Cucumbers were very, very plentiful, but because of the early season cold, mm -hmm. we actually had quite a few go bitter. And if you know about cucumbers, once that bitter gene gets turned on from stress, from some sort of stress like uh, drastic weather changes, um, you don't, you can't turn that bitter gene off in the cucumber plant. So all of the cucumbers on that plant will have some degree of bitterness to them. Yeah. So we had a lot of cucumbers. Some of them were inedible. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was kind of a success and a failure. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And we've got green beans down here too. Green beans did well. Yeah. We had a great green, the green beans bore really well Yeah. when it wasn't frozen in the garden. Well, and, th and that goes into the failures. And <laughs> one of the biggest causes of the failures was an early, we had a freeze in um, mid-September, yeah, a hard freeze. A hard a freeze. Mid, a mid-20s freeze. Yeah. And so that killed a lot. That, yeah. that, that uh, put down and slowed down a major part of the garden. Well, and being that our spring heated up so slowly, it was such a cool, wet spring for mm -hmm. so long. Things were already a little behind, so we really needed those extra weeks in September to, like, get that stuff done and in, and we just didn't get it. So we lost the grapes. I think we lost pretty much all of the grapes this year, which yeah. was sad. They're beautiful clusters of grapes, and they just never ripened. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, how about a, along with that, because of that weather, we had a, well, we had a few struggles, mostly because of the weather, yeah. um, a few other things. So the tomatoes were tough. We lost our grapes, you just said. Yeah. Um, potatoes were tough. We grew more, but we didn't grow as much as we should have in the space. And that was a planning error, another lesson learned. I don't know what happened in my rotation and in my planning, but somehow I, you know, double planted the potatoes, uh, the same rows as I did last year. And our soil, because we've just been here two years, we're working on improving mm -hmm. it. It was pretty bad shape, just isn't built up, and it didn't handle that well. And so production per square foot went down. We had more of the little potato bugs, Jerusalem yeah. needles, people call right. them different things. A little more damage and yeah. less growth there. So um, that was really a rotation issue Okay. and just overtaxing the ground. So yeah. lesson learned there. Be a little more careful somehow and just my planning and charts say, I missed that. Missed that one. But and by the time we realized it, it was yeah. too late to everything yep. else was in the ground. So. Yep. And yep. squash as well. Um, I don't really know what's up with the squash. I think, I think honestly, I bad squash year for Well, us. it was a bad squash year and I've done well mixing the crops and doing some companion planting. Mm -hmm. And I think our soil's just not up to par. I think I'm pushing it too hard. Okay. And, uh, you know, going into lesson learned in the garden, one of the things that I'm learning is while we've been, you know, seven summers growing seasons in Idaho, we've just mm -hmm. been two here. And our location here, while it's, you know, as the crow flies, I, I doubt it's 10 miles away. It's From a, where we were. Where we were, it is much cooler. Yes. And we had also built the soil up there very well over mm -hmm. the course of nearly five years. And I'm learning I've got to approach things differently in this location. And I'm still trying to do a few things that we had built up and we're doing well there. 
and it's just not working as yeah. well. And so <clears throat> having to work on just dealing with the, the, the weather is just more erratic here. Yeah. And it's, you know, staying colder longer. It's getting colder earlier. We're getting mm-hmm. some of these random freezes. Yeah. And um, so we've just got to keep working on developing those systems and working with that. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. It's a learning process Absolutely. every year. Okay. Well, I know we're getting a little long, so let's move through the animals quickly. Successes okay. and failures in the animal systems. Mm-hmm. You know, one really big success that I feel like we had this year was the way that you integrated the pigs and the chickens with the compost system. Mm-hmm. I loved walking out in the fall when it was cold and there would even be a little bit of snow on the ground or frost and the pigs were still here. And <laughs> they would be on top, like laying on the very top of this compost pile that was steaming. So you knew they were like toasty warm, happy as could be laying in this compost pile, even though it was cold all around. So yeah. I know the pigs loved it. They were just as happy as could be, but... Well, and you, it also help the compost. Well, it did. You got to realize this is a large <laughs> compost pile. It's probably twelve feet wide, long by you know six, eight feet at the base, and four or five feet tall. Right. Uh, at least when it started, then the pigs get to it, but they get to doing their work. They're rooting through it uh-huh. and maybe finding any of the larger chunks. They're stirring it. They're obviously also well. They're not adding so much because pigs are actually very tidy. They're actually not pooing in where they're at. They're putting that off to the side, but we can just scrape that over, get it in. They really like sleeping in the compost pile, they so do. they don't want to use the bathroom Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they yeah. just help mix it up. And the chickens did as well, both in that compost pile and in the barn. And we had a we had a kind of success failure thing in the barn working with the chickens. And um, last spring we started, well, going back to 2019, we started a batch of, of uh, 50 chickens, egg layers, mm-hmm. in the barn with the idea that they would actually just be able to spend their winter in the barn because there's too deep a snow to go out. And they would help with turning the beds in uh, the stalls, in the in the cow and sheep stalls. They so did f- free-ranging in the barn. Free-ranging in the barn. And yeah. this is a large area. And they can go in and out a little bit. But that gave them the space so when they couldn't move around out because of the deep snow. Because of the snow. They did a great job on helping to maintain <laughs> the stalls and uh, spread out and mix up the manure and and mix that into the wood shavings and, and help us manage that a little bit. And we actually, we don't have as many this year. And Tristan's feeling that a little bit because yeah. it's it's a little more work on his end. Problem was there were so many of them stuck in the barn that it was a nuisance. They took over the barn. It was like... Oh, chickens everywhere. <laughs> it they... was like a war zone because they thought they owned every inch of the barn. And it was... I... That's where I'd come in for milking, and there's a couple cows on the chicken back, and somebody one on the milker's head. a couple head. chickens on the cow's Sorry, back. Sorry, <laughs> a couple chickens on the cow's back, and some and a oh. chicken on somebody's shoulder, and chickens and cats all around their feet, and and a bit too much chicken poo with that in places we didn't want it. Right. So it was a great it was a great experiment with just stacking functions and systems, and I think what we realized is we just need fewer. We're down to like three this winter. Three chickens. Yeah, kind of free-ranging free in the barn. That's a big difference from 50, let me yeah, say. Yeah, and, and I, I think what we're learning is, you know, maybe six to ten in there um, would work well. Be because they do yeah. they do some good work, and they help maintain and mix up. And we've got a compost pile in the barn, if you guys saw that last year. We're also stacking some of it, because the chickens don't take care of all of it. So we're stacking it in the breezeway, and just letting the chickens and the, the cats eat yeah. out of the leftover food scraps. And the wasted hay, and that's just all piling up, and we'll go into the main compost pile later. So well, big we, success there. Big success, but we were taking complaints from the milk cow. 
who said she didn't think it was cool that there were chickens everywhere. Especially in the manger, in the feed bin. (laughs) She started taking serious offense to the chickens and going after them, um, which she's a very nice, sweet milk cow, but she said enough is enough. So (laughs) So we had to adjust. Yeah, yeah. good Good lessons learned. I think we better uh, move ahead here and cover... Uh, food storage, one of our last items there. Okay. And so what, what what are some of the highlights, some of the successes of the year? Okay, for food well, we storage? already talked about our dry goods mm-hmm. and the limed eggs yep. that we've increased both of those. Yeah. And we kind of touched on the root cellar stuff that we um, we actually did all those extra root veggies and we have them in a makeshift root cellar down in the basement. And uh, that's going really well for us this year. And I'm really excited about that. That's a real step forward for us. It really is. So, yeah. yeah. Really good. But I think some of the, you know, I don't know, I want to call them failures, <laughs> but some of the areas that we could work on re- improving or didn't do as well this year is, you know, because the garden didn't produce as well mm-hmm. on the non-root cellared items, yeah. we didn't can as much. That was actually the goal was to can less this year, but I wasn't thinking this much less. Yeah. Um, so... You know, we just had some of those things that just didn't do as well in the garden. And um, so there's yeah, not beans, as much canned tomatoes, goods. Yeah. You know, corn did good, but not as good as we'd like it yeah, to. Yeah, we got a bit yeah, of corn on the shelf in cans. We got a lot vegetables. of pickles put up yeah. in all different methods of pickling. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of missed out on some of the other things. Uh, you know, the dairy didn't go quite the way I had hoped this year. Okay. Um, we, I, I had hoped to have a lot more hard cheese on the shelf this year than I winter. ended up yeah. with. Um, and that's just, you know, a result of it being so busy, really. I just haven't had the time to put into that. We do have a freezer full of mozzarella cheese for pizza nights all winter, mm-hmm. so that's great. But, um, you know, I was looking forward to some more of those hard cheeses. And we have some, but not as much as I wanted. But, you know, the real... Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say next year, looking forward to next year. I think cheese is going to be a major focus next year. Cheese will be a major focus. I think we're going to nail it. Okay. We're going to get, yeah. (laughs) It's exciting. Okay. Um, Butter, though, was the other one. And the butter was great on the production side. We produced Mm -hmm. a lot of butter this year. The challenge is, is that we had so many people eating the butter that, we didn't get very much into storage. Usually I've got a lot frozen going into winter and we had a summer with between extra people coming to live with us and then family as guests here, we were going through it as fast as we were making it. And, um, and part of that was because we had a failure with lard. I was going to say, right. We didn't have the lard that we usually have because you're usually very good uh, at using that lard um, yeah. to spread out to extend the that cooking butter. fats. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, last fall, um, the year before, and I guess that was 19, mm-hmm. um, we had a mix up with the butcher boxes and what we thought was dog bones and could sit outside for the dogs as they were eating oh, off of yeah. them was the lard. There had been some sort of mix up of the it, fat and it got and wrecked. It, got wrecked. it yeah. was not usable. And so we ended up losing our ability to do lard last year. So we really felt that this year, a success this year. We raised some Angelitza pigs. We're we're trying different pigs to figure out what we actually want to breed and raise on the property. So I raised some some, uh, Mangalitza red wattle crosses. Yes. And I can't weigh in on the the taste yet because we haven't opened a package. But 
we got a good some good lard content, yeah. a good amount of leaf lard. Yes, and Yay. and the back fat and other fats, and so uh, that's exciting. And that's going to help us get through this butter in shortage next year. Yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, to get through it. So wow. Anyways, what a year that that has just been a lot. Yeah, uh, it's been trying. It's been stressful at times, but a lot of good things have happened. Riverbend's moving along. Exciting stuff. We're learning. Very, very (laughs) exciting stuff. And we're really looking forward to 2021. Yeah. Sounds good. Hey, if you guys have done a project that you learned from us this year and put it in your pantry or on your shelf somewhere, would you go ahead and just share that on social media and tag us in that? That'd be really neat to see your pantries filling up or your projects getting done um, that you've learned from us. And we'd love to see that. That'd be really cool. Absolutely. It's been great hanging with you guys today. We will see you next time as we look forward to 2021 and talk about some of our dreams and hopes and things we're going to go after and plan to do in this next year. We'll see you then. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Pantry Chat Food for Thought. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review. To view the show notes and any other resources mentioned on this episode, you can learn more at homesteadingfamily.com slash podcast. We'll see you soon. Goodbye.